Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Well, let me be the first or the next to wish you a happy Notre Dame football game week. It's been a while since the Irish had that frustrating loss in the Fiesta Bowl to Oklahoma State. But now the slate is clean. An offseason of work in the books. And now it's time to get down to business for Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We welcome you to a game week on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We have a live stream rolling right now at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app, video feed on the Twitch app. This is your Monday, August the 29th of 2022. Some storms across the area. This afternoon, right now, 75 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday. And we are back to a two-hour program, at least for tonight. We had a shorter program Tuesday through Friday last week due to an early start times for South Bend Cubs baseball. But the Cubbies, nice enough to take the day off today so we can spend two hours talking Notre Dame football. And then I think we'll be 5 o'clock until 6.40 Tuesday through Friday as we lead up to Saturday's season opener. The Fighting Irish taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes, two iconic programs, two teams, at least in the preseason, ranked number five in the country, the Irish number five, Ohio State number two. There is a perception amongst national media members, and I'm not a national media member, but I fall into this category of individuals who believe if the SEC 
is not going to win a national championship this year. It might be because Ohio State wins it. Now, that's knowing Ohio State's defense held them back last year. You look at them offensively, 45 points per game, over 500 yards of total offense. They were pretty much unstoppable. But the defense didn't stop enough people, and the Buckeyes did not make the college football playoff. In fact, they lost to a team they never lose to, the Michigan Wolverines. So I have a lot of respect for Ohio State. Their offense can win games by themselves. It is really going to be interesting to see how good the Ohio State defense is on Saturday against the Fighting Irish. And I guess on top of that, what the Irish offense looks like with a brand-new starting quarterback in Tyler Buckner. I sit here today, and I'm kind of amazed. I was doing some work for our Saturday game day sports beat program, which is going to be on the air before the game from 4 until 6.30. And I haven't really looked at this through the years, so I was kind of shocked that this is my 24th overall season covering Notre Dame football. The first was as a producer of weekday and game day sports beat and the last now 23 years hosting the two programs while time has flown by, to say the least. And there were a lot of years where the expectations were pretty low when I started hosting these programs. Of course, that was an era in which I saw Bob Davey be the head coach of the Fighting Irish and fade off into the sunset. Tyrone Willingham got off to a good start, faded off into the sunset. Charlie Weiss had back-to-back big game bowl appearances, Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl with Brady Quinn, but then things didn't work out there. Brian Kelly came to town and took over a program that needed a shot in the arm, and he did that. And now he has made them a program that is Supposed to win 10 games every year, get to the college football playoff, and try to win a national championship for the first time since 1988. Now Marcus Freeman will try to take what BK had going and take it to another level. As I said a moment ago, there were a lot of lean years. A lot of years where you were thinking, well, if the Irish win eight games, it's going to be a pretty good year. The expectations were so down for so long until BK got to town. Really, in between Holtz and BK, it was just a different era of Notre Dame football. And I have to say, going into this game on Saturday, my personal opinion, and by golly, I can't wait to be wrong or have my mind changed, but I am as concerned about a season opener this year than I have in quite some time. I think the last time I was really foggy about what was going to happen in a season opener was 2016. And that was the year that Notre Dame in the first half of that season opener against Texas and Austin used revolving quarterbacks in the first half from series to series. Malik Zaire and Deshaun Kaiser. And then Kaiser took over in the second half. Notre Dame ended up losing that game to Texas in double overtime. 50-47, to little did we know at that time, Notre Dame was destined for a 4-8 season. Now, I am in no way saying the Irish are heading to a 4-8 season this year. They are so much better than that type of stat line. I just have a lot of questions that are unanswered. Now, it's not to say that the answers to all these questions are going to be positive, and then you just kind of check those off the list, all right? Good here, good here. 
But just going into this season, I just feel like I have more question marks going into the first game. Now, I've tried to argue with myself by saying this. Do I have these feelings because of the first opponent? Am I being overdramatic, overcritical, nitpicky because the margin for error is tiny in this first game against Ohio State? Are all these concerns that I have just kind of building up because they're playing Ohio State and not Marshall or not Cal or not Tennessee State, whatever the case may be? And I got to admit, I think part of the reason I have so many concerns about this opening game is the first opponent. I think Notre Dame is going to be a really, really good football team. They're going to be a top 15 football team. Would I have voted them number five in the preseason poll? Personally, I would not. I was pretty consistent during the offseason. I thought they would be ranked anywhere between seven and 15. But I think all of the great energy surrounding Marcus Freeman probably swayed some voters into pushing the Irish up a little higher than we all expected. Here's the great thing. If they go out and beat Ohio State on Saturday, they were underrated at number five in the country. That's how the result of this game can really change the complexion of everything. So, yeah, I'm very concerned about this first game. And... I have some concerns about the Irish in the first game, but again, it's just that list of things. I need to see it before I believe it. Once I see it, okay, let's roll. But I think Ohio State's offense is so good when you factor in how good they were last year and all the parts coming back this year. It's just hard to believe they're going to tail off. And I don't believe Notre Dame's defense is going to be poor this year. They just have a hell of a challenge in the first game of the year. A challenge that a lot of Big Ten teams are going to fail this year. Tough first game for Al Golden to return to college football facing C.J. Stroud and this Ohio State offense. So I do have some question marks going into this opening game of the year. We'll kind of talk about those in tonight's first pitch. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. So let's talk about some of these things that need to be checked off the list. Here's what I wrote down today as I looked at the Notre Dame depth chart, evaluated last year's team and my expectations for this year. The first thing I wrote down was the quarterback position. August the 15th, Marcus Freeman named sophomore Tyler Buckner as starting quarterback over junior Drew Pine. Not a big surprise. We all expected it. But then the question is, how good is Tyler Buckner going to be throwing the football? A, against Ohio State, and B, as he continues to settle in as the starter throughout the 2022 season. I expect Buckner to be really good at being an efficient quarterback outside the pocket. Getting him outside the pocket, I think, puts a lot of stress on the opposing defense because you have that run-pass option with Buckner's great athleticism and his ability 
to have speed and power running with the football. You're going to force some defenders to have to make some decisions with Buckner outside the pocket. I think he's a pretty good thrower of the football outside the pocket. Now, inside the pocket, I think that's goes under the category. Kind of need to see it before I believe it. Is he going to be a guy that's going to complete over 60% of his passes? Someone, darn it, I should have wrote this down, who said it, but one of the Notre Dame media members wrote something very interesting in practice. He seemed to get off to a slow start and then would get rolling as practice goes on. You just can't afford that on Saturday. Slow start by Notre Dame leads to Ohio State taking the lead, and man, that's when they are tough to catch. Notre Dame would love to be able to control tempo, keep C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, on the bench, run that football with power and efficiency, eat up some clock. You fall behind, you can stick with that in the first half, into the third quarter, but you got to be careful. Falling behind by multiple scores to this team, that puts a lot of pressure on a first-time starting quarterback at the collegiate level in Tyler Buckner. Heck, I even thought today, as you're thinking about all these different scenarios, how the game plays out, if you're down, hypothetically, 21 starting the fourth quarter, and if Buckner's been okay throwing the football but not great, does Drew Pine come in trying to bring the team back? Heck, I don't know. Something to think about, I guess. Another on the list of things why I'm concerned about Saturday is Jared Patterson ready to go. Had one of those heavy walking boots on Friday as he continues to try to bounce back from a foot sprain that happened recently in fall camp. He's your All-American offensive lineman moving from center to left guard. Heart and soul that offensive line. He's not the only good player along the offensive line. I think they have five really good players. But he is the meat and potato of that offensive line, and they're just not as good as an offense if Jared Patterson can't go. Marcus Freeman listed Patterson today as questionable for the matchup against Ohio State. Sounds like Patterson will try to practice this week. I think we also have to factor in Patterson's a tough kid, wants to play, didn't come back to sit on the bench or try to nurse an injury, watch from the sideline. He's here to play football, so if he can withstand pain, if there is any, or discomfort, and he's going to be out there for Harry Heaston, Tommy Reese, Marcus Freeman, and his teammates. But if Patterson can't go, probably Rocco Spindler's your guy. Based on the depth chart today, Andrew Kristopic looks like he's going to be the backup at right guard for Josh Lug. So you could see Patterson at left guard. Maybe you see Rocco Spindler getting that opportunity in the starting lineup for the first time at left guard for the Fighting Irish. Another on the checklist. Can the wide receiving core for Notre Dame show enough promise to get the job done? The promise they showed in fall practice isn't going to show up in a live game. The surge of Jaden Thomas is extremely important for this football team. With the injury to Avery Davis, veteran player, gone, You're already limited numbers at the wide receiver position. Thomas making the big leap into the starting lineup really changes the look of the wide receiving core. Based on the depth chart, it appears that 
Thomas will be your starting slot wide receiver with Davis out for the year. That means their best wide receiver, Lorenzo Styles Jr., will play to the outside along with Braden Lindsay. Now, don't be shocked if Styles hasn't moved inside in certain formations. Was in the slot for the Fiesta Bowl. Eight catches, 136 yards for Styles in that loss to Oklahoma State. Joe Wilkins, career reserve for the Fighting Irish. Healthy, he's a go. Now, Tobias Merriweather, the freshman, didn't show up on the depth chart today. But I don't think that tells the whole story. At least under Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame game note depth chart was about as spot on as if I put together a depth chart for the football team. The basics were there, but there were a lot of things that weren't moved from week to week. So you've got Styles and Colsey at one wide receiver spot, Thomas and Salerno in the slot, the other outside receiver, Lindsey backed up by Joe Wilkins Jr. But Thomas, let's see it in the game now. Showed it in the blue goal game, showed it in fall camp. Lights are bright at Ohio Stadium. What is Jaden Thomas going to look like? Also on my checklist, how good can the Irish linebackers cover in passing situations? This is probably one of my biggest concerns going into the football game. When asked to cover, how are the linebacking core going to hold up for this fighting Irish football team? Maris Leofal, expected starting weak side linebacker. Limited during fall camp. Looks like he is headed toward a start against Ohio State. Remember, he had that horrible lower leg injury last year in fall camp, causing him to miss the entire 2021 season. So Bertrand, Leofal, Kaiser at the Rover looks to be the linebacking court, at least starting out for the Irish. We all know there's going to be different packages. There's going to be guys moving in and out of the lineup. Like Marcus Freeman today said at least eight defensive linemen should be in the rotation up front for this game against Ohio State. And then I go back to kind of the first premise I mentioned on my concern list for Saturday. Is Ohio State as much of a juggernaut as they are made out to be? Front and center. When you have a starting quarterback returning who had a massive season the year before, I think in the voters' eyes for the preseason, you're supposed to be really good. The quarterback position changes the way people feel about football teams. Hey, it is the most important position on any college football team. But the Ohio State defense did not hold up their end of the bargain last year. They were better than average, but they were not playoff caliber. Their offense was championship level but didn't get enough help. Jim Knowles leaves Oklahoma State to become the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. How much of an impact can he make right away on this defense? We don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. From people who have seen the Buckeyes, apparently their defensive line is a whole lot better and full of studs. I'm really curious to see if the Notre Dame running game can get established 
what type of what type of fight back pushback Ohio State will have. That to me, for the Irish, the ability to run the football when they need to, and Ohio State knows they're going to. Can they get the job done? Running the ball sets up everything for this Notre Dame football team. From my standpoint, it's hard to imagine the Irish coming back to South Bend with a victory without a rock-solid running game. Audric Estime, Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs are the main guys carrying the football behind that offensive line we've already discussed. And, of course, Tyler Buckner, a major difference maker running the football. And as the Irish prepare for Ohio State, do they have an identity on offense? Do they know who they are and want to be on the offensive side of the football? Now we'll have a little bit more on that. Coming up at about 540, Marcus Freeman was asked about what the identity of the football team is, and he didn't really answer the question. He gave what he hopes the identity of the football team is. The hope is they can play good, solid, physical up front to allow the running game to really get going because there's so many question marks about the passing game. Running game's got to be good right off the bat. The defense has to hold their own. Is this a Saturday where the old saying should be used for Notre Dame, Ohio State? Notre Dame's defense can't stop Ohio State's offense. They can only hope to contain them. I'm not trying to lower the bar, but Ohio State averaged 45 points per game last year, and they got their boys back. They lost two high draft picks at wide receiver to the NFL, and they're still absolutely loaded at that spot with a quarterback coming off a 44-touchdown, six-interception season. So those are my checklist of things that I want answered on Saturday. And those things on the checklist is why I'm concerned from a Notre Dame standpoint about this game on Saturday. I'm not basing this on any odds. We talk about sports betting on the program. From an analyzing the game standpoint, I could care less. That number is now up to Notre Dame plus 17 and a half against Ohio State. Man, it's tough to play that number if you're going to go Ohio State. That's a lot of points. Sitting here today, yes, I fully expect Ohio State to win this football game. Not sure by how many at this point. Haven't made a prediction yet. But I think at where the programs are right now, Ohio State is the better football team and better prepared to put together the best effort. I think Notre Dame will end up being a really good football team. My thought all summer, they're going to be 10-2 or 9-3. If I had to add a number, I don't think I'd go 11-1. I would go 8-4. But I still think they're trending toward 10-2, 9-3. And there's a chance this year's team could be better from an execution standpoint than last year's team, but have a worse record because last year's team benefited from the schedule not being as difficult as we would have thought on paper. 
this year's schedule is a handful. So you can be better than last year's team, and the record may not show it. They may not win 10 games in the regular season this year because of the respect I'm showing to the names of the teams on the schedule this year. Can they go 10-2? and two? Yeah, I think there is a good chance they can do that. I'm probably more confident on 9-3 and three at this particular point. But if you can tell me how good the quarterback position is going to be, if you can tell me the wide receivers are going to consistently run the right route, quality routes, catch the football, the linebackers are going to be fine in passing situations, I'll be good. But again, I think I go back to the fact my concern about the opponent outweighs some of my concerns about the Notre Dame football team as I just... Look ahead to Saturday and holding my breath a tad bit. What a first game for these teams. Maybe this is a product of being an independent, having to play some of these great opponents in the first game because I love playing the cake, the cupcake in that first game to get settled in a little bit, especially when you have a new quarterback. But here we are, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Hey, Oregon and Georgia are playing. So it's not like Notre Dame's the only team going on the road against a massive opponent in week one, although Oregon is not a true road game. It's at the home of the Falcons in Atlanta, but I think it's in the state of Georgia. It's the next closest thing to a home game. It's just not between the hedges against Georgia. Those are my opening thoughts, our sports beat first pitch for tonight. When we come back, we'll get to our Twitter question of the day, which centers around your emotions for Notre Dame football against Ohio State. I just expressed some of mine. Now you're up. We'll get to the Twitter question of the day in a moment. 532 in your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Touchdown, Chris Tyree! Yes! 98 yards! On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wide open, touchdown Notre Dame, Lorenzo Styles. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Segment number two, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat for this Monday as we kick off a game week between the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the Ohio State Buckeyes from the Horseshoe in Columbus, Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff right here on WSBT Radio. Pre-game coverage, post-game coverage, all right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Tonight's program is brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Pet Refuges, ABC Clinic, South Burnett Drive in South Bend, helping fight pet overpopulation. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. And by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you on board on this Monday evening as we continue to focus on the Fighting Irish and the Buckeyes. 
This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day is posted each weekday on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. We ask you to vote on each day's poll question. The next day we come back and provide the results. So on Friday's program, we ask this question. Which of these Notre Dame versus Ohio State possible storylines would shock you the most if it happened? So again, most shocked if this happened. The four choices. Notre Dame wins the game against Ohio State. Ohio State beats Notre Dame by 20 or more points. Notre Dame quarterback Tyler Buckner completes under 50% of his throws. And the fourth choice, Notre Dame's defense holds Ohio State's offense under 27 points. So again, which of these storylines would shock you the most if it happened? Well, coming in fourth place in the voting and did not get much action, which is a good thing. 4.1% of the vote went with Tyler Buckner under 50% completion percentage. That vote says that that's not going to happen. He will complete over 50% of his throws. That's a good start to Notre Dame's offensive day if he is hitting a good percentage of his throws. Third place in the voting, 22.4% of you said Ohio State beating Notre Dame by over 20 points. So not much of a shock value there. Ohio State's now favored by 17 and a half points. I believe we started the summer. Ohio State was favored by 10. Then in August, it continued to pop up higher and higher. And now we're up to 17 and a half. Could have got it for 10 Over the summer, if you were going for Ohio State, now you have to lay two more scores. Oof, big number. All right, second place from the voting, Notre Dame-Ohio State possible storylines that would shock you the most if it happened. 24.5% say Notre Dame holding Ohio State under 27 points. Now, personally... This probably would have been the one I would not have voted on. If I had to rank them four to one, it would have been fourth. Ohio State averaged 45 points per game last year. They're at home. The weapons are in position to be really good again offensively. Travion Henderson at running back. C.J. Stroud at quarterback. Smith and Jigba back at wide receiver. Marvin Harrison, Jr., comes from a guy who played as reserve to a starter. They got two All-American preseason tackles, so they look like they're prepared for another big offensive season. So if Notre Dame holds them to 27, that's 18 points under what they did last year, that would seem like a successful day. And we get to number one, the storyline that would shock you the most if it happened. How about Notre Dame winning the game got 49% of the vote? That would be the biggest shock 
Notre Dame beating Ohio State. Half the people who voted aren't a believer in the Irish going to Columbus to beat Ohio State. 49% of the vote. Well, I'm picking Ohio State in this game. I'm not sure they're going to cover the spread. Man, that's a lot of points, 17 and a half. But the fact the number keeps going up, and you always know the Notre Dame fan base is going to come in and wager hard on their football team, especially with this many points, and the number continues to go up. What do they know in Vegas that we're all trying to figure out? Mm. So thanks for your vote. Again, which of these Notre Dame-Ohio State storylines would shock you the most if it happened? Notre Dame winning the game is the biggest shock of the four at 49%. We thank you for voting, and now we've got a brand-new question ready to go. It's up on my Twitter account, at 960Sportsbeat. All right, Irish fans, what are your emotions heading into Notre Dame's season opener at Ohio State on Saturday? Here are your four choices. Number one, I'm confident Notre Dame is going to win. Choice number two, I believe Notre Dame will be competitive in this football game. That means they may not win, but they're going to look the part against the number two team of the country at the horseshoe. So that means they're probably going to play a pretty good game, just not enough to win. Choice number three, for Notre Dame to win, Ohio State will have to play a poor game. So they're going to have to play below everyone's expectation of Ohio State this year. So I guess the best way to describe it, Ohio State would have to play down to Notre Dame for the Irish to have a chance to win. And the fourth and final choice, Notre Dame has little chance to win the game. So again, go to twitter.com, search 960Sportsbeat, answer today's Twitter question of the day. What are your emotions heading into Notre Dame season opener at Ohio State on Saturday? Confident Notre Dame wins. Notre Dame will be competitive. Ohio State will have to play a poor game or little chance they win. I will tell you right now that little chance they win is a strong second in the voting at 31.1%. So that's getting a lot of play early on. One of the other three is leading the charge. So we'd like for you to vote again. Twitter.com, search 960-SportsBeat for our SportsBeat Twitter question of the day. Marcus Freeman met the media today to kick off a game week. We'll go through some of Freeman's comments in regard to what is his team's identity and what is he most confident in going into this first game. Find out next. As Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Eleven minutes in front of six o'clock at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
We're on the air until 7 o'clock tonight with our program as we focus on a Notre Dame football game week. Number 5, Notre Dame at number 2, Ohio State. Saturday night, 7.30, here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up on tomorrow's program, we'll have two guests. Our first guest at 5.30 is going to be Spencer Holbrook. He is the Ohio State beat reporter at On3.com. We'll talk all things Ohio State. We'll we'll allow him to offer his perspective on this Ohio State-Notre Dame matchup. So the Buckeyes, On3.com site. Spencer Holbrook will join us tomorrow at 5.30. And then tomorrow night at 6.06, it is our weekly recruiting segment. We talk all things Notre Dame football recruiting with Mike Singer the Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Where are we on a 2023 quarterback recruit? And this has been kicked around quite a bit. It's still being kicked around. Any chance C.J. Carr, the 2024 commitment, reclassifies to the 2023 class and the Irish get him to town a year sooner. We'll talk to Mike about that coming up tomorrow when he joins us at 6.06 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, Marcus Freeman met the media today, the Fighting Irish head coach, first time meeting the media in a regular season game week. Of course, he went through a whole different game week media experience dealing with the Fiesta Bowl last year. And now for the first time, as a regular season head coach, meeting the media on a Monday before his team plays on Saturday. Now, Jared Patterson, the Irish All-American offensive lineman, listed by Marcus Freeman as questionable for Saturday's game with the foot sprain he suffered over a week ago. The expectation is he will practice this week. If all goes well, we'll see Patterson on Saturday. Probably we'll have to deal with some discomfort. And... Worst case, if Patterson can't go, it would appear that Rocco Spindler has won a little battle with Andrew Kristopic for the backup left guard position. When Patterson went down, Spindler and Kristopic shared duties at left guard. Of course, Kristopic took over last year at midseason as the starting left guard. But it would appear, at least going by the depth chart released by Notre Dame today, that the sophomore Spindler would be the guy for the Irish if Patterson cannot go in the matchup. Meanwhile, Kristoffic is listed as the backup to Josh Lug at right guard. So, based on the depth chart, your offensive line, Joe Ald at left tackle, Jared Patterson at left guard if he can't go, Rocco Spindler, Zeke Carell at center, backed up by Pat Coogan. Then you've got Josh Lug at right guard and Blake Fisher at right tackle, and if you're curious, Tosh Baker's the backup to Ald at left tackle, and on the depth chart, Michael Carmody is listed as the backup for Blake Fisher at the right tackle position. So, Rocco Spindler on standby for that first start of his collegiate career. All hope is Jared Patterson will figure out a way to play. Meanwhile, Will linebacker Maris Leofal, probable according to Marcus Freeman sounds like in practice this week, a game week, he's going to be full go after being limited 
during fall camp. Now, he was always in uniform, but just wasn't doing everything. You might recall last August suffered a devastating lower leg injury at the end of fall camp. And Maris Leofal has worked through the rehab and is ready for the opportunity to get back on the field for this Fighting Irish football team. Marcus Freeman was asked today, going into this first game, based on what you have had the chance to watch during spring practice, and now in fall camp, it's in the books. Can you say right now what the identity of this Notre Dame football team is going to Columbus? Well, I, I've said this before, is that I think we have to have a mindset that we want to be able to establish a run game offensively, you know, but but with the thought process that having a run game offensively opens up so many different um, options in terms of pass games, in terms of other things offensively. But I think we have to have the ability to establish a run game, um, take care of the football, um, be disciplined in what we're doing defensively. Um, it's the same mindset we want to be attacking. We got to be a uh, multiple different fronts, multiple different looks. But again, it's the ability defensively to stop the run. You know, if you can't stop the run defensively, you're opening up so many different areas in terms of being vulnerable to the offense. And special teams, we, we got to be superior in our special teams play. And, and that's a challenge that I put on Coach Mason, our special teams coordinator, and our, all of our special teams unit. Marcus Freeman being asked about the team's identity. Now, he really didn't lay out what the identity of the football team is. He mentioned what he hopes the identity of the football team is wants to establish the run. I think every coach in college football has that near the top of their checklist of what they want from their offense. The ability to stop the run. If you're going to be a playoff team, if you're going to be a national championship team, not only do you have to stop the run, you need to be elite in that particular category. Multiple defensive looks is something that Marcus Freeman wants this football team's identity to be. I think that definitely is going to be the case. And he said superior special teams play. Now that's what's going to be interesting to see how Coach Mason establishes this special teams, what Marcus Freeman allows him to do, because Notre Dame, and this isn't necessarily a criticism, because on special teams, punt return, kickoff return, absolutely the most important thing is to take care of the football. That is a massive change in field position if you are unable to catch or maintain possession of a punt or a kickoff. That is a game changer in a football game. So to the credit of Coach Kelly and his special teams coach, Brian Polian, turnovers normally didn't happen on kickoff returns and punt returns. Now, we also have to add the asterisk that this was basically fair catch you on punt returns for the last several years, even going back to John Goodman in the year they went to the college football championship game. Kickoff returns, we've seen some special moments. Chris Tyree had one last year. But if you're going to say you want your special teams to be superior, you can't just fair catch the football or just take the football at the 25-yard line on kickoff returns or never go after a punter. You've got to be aggressive. And with aggression, sometimes bad things will happen. But being aggressive can lead to positive things. 
So I think Coach Freeman saying one of the identities of the team that he wants is special teams to be superior. I would have to imagine things are going to definitely change in the way the Irish are going to play special teams this year compared to previous years with Kelly and Polian calling the shots for this Notre Dame football team on special teams. So I'm actually really intrigued to see how different it's going to look. Now, let's go back to Tom Zibikowski when he was returning punts for Notre Dame. He obviously was never told what a fair catch signal is because he never took a fair catch. And there were a lot of moments in traffic that he would roll the dice and usually things would work out. But the fair catch is still a very important tool. I don't want to sit here and say every punt return needs to be taken back. No, 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 no. When you're in traffic, when you've got nothing, hey, that fair catch is a great way to end a special teams play. But if you've got some space in front of you, you got to trust your punt return, man, because special teams can be difference makers in particular in games against the elite competition, those big games against the best teams. Notre Dame, I think, has shown the last few years they're good enough to get to the playoff, but against some of those stellar teams, they're still a little shy. And I'm not saying a special teams play can close the gap, but, boy, it could sure help for that matter. So what is special teams going to look like? Really interested to see when they take on Ohio State and throughout this 2022 season. Coach Freeman was also asked, what are you most confident in going into Ohio State? You know, I think the leadership that we have, we have uh, some guys um, at different positions that have, have played in big games, you know, and, and, you know, I'm very confident in all three phases of what we've been able to do in fall camp and, and what we're going to obviously progress to this week. And so um, continue to lead, continue to, to prepare in the right way and, and, We'll see after the game exactly where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are. Okay, so I guess leadership is a thing he is most confident in. And then he did go on to mention that he likes where they are in all three phases going into this first game. And for all you individuals that love to talk about the big boys up front, what the defensive line might look like against Ohio State, get your scorecards ready because a lot of boys are going to be coming in and out of the game along the defensive line? We plan to probably play eight-plus defense alignment with, with Rubio and Riley and, and Chris Smith and um, Lacey and Howard Cross and Jason Adamiola, and I'm sure I can go on and on. We, we have to be able to rotate guys, especially at the defensive line position, you know, in terms of the, the amount of effort that you're going to ask those guys to play with. We've got to keep them fresh. Um, we've got to rotate them, and, and I think – um, Coach Wash has done a great job of, of creating depth amongst that position. And so um, when they're in there, I expect them to be disruptive. And I expect them to do their jobs. Um, but there's going to be a multiple guys you see in there. A sign when you're getting old as while that audio is playing, I had to go to my filing cabinet and get my readers because some of the names and the listing on the depth chart we got today looked a little fuzzy. So the old readers are coming in handy hate to give in but you have to be able to read the names on the depth chart and at the old viper of course you got isaiah foskey backed up by justin adamiola defensive tackle jason adamiola who i think could have a really good game against ohio state backed up by jacob lacy and chris smith 
Defensive tackle, Howard Cross, backed up by Gabriel Rubio. And then the big defensive end, Riley Mills, behind him, Nana Asofo Mensa and Alexander Ahrensberger. 6.01 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. Coming up next hour, the My 5 question of the day. And what does Tyler Buckner look like as the team's starting quarterback in practice the last two weeks since being named the team starter? We'll allow Marcus Freeman to discuss that and more coming up as Sportsbeat continues. Also stand by for a Sports Center update from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Notre Dame brings five. Bradley steps back. In trouble. He sacked at the 15-yard line. J.D. Bertrand got him. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And down he goes. At the 16-yard line, Justin Adamy Lola got there first. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Oh, intercepted! This will be a pick six. Into the end zone goes Jack Kaiser. 42-yard touchdown. 13 minutes after 6 o'clock, 75 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana on this Monday, August the 29th of 2022 welcome back to the program sports beat on the air until seven o'clock tonight we are kicking off a notre dame football season opening game week at number two ohio state you can hear the irish and the buckeyes saturday at 7 30 right here on sports radio 960 wsbt meanwhile across the country quarterback news this time of the year becomes Front and center because a lot of teams are choosing their quarterback. Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese named their starting quarterback just about two weeks ago. And Tyler Buckner is their choice. More on Tyler in just a couple of moments. Then you have Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Cade McNamara was the starter last year for the Wolverines at quarterback, helping Michigan to get to the college football playoff for the first time in program history. But Coach Harbaugh today announced that McNamara will start the season opener against Colorado State. Then next week, the September 10 game against Hawaii, it's going to be sophomore J.J. McCarthy getting his first career started quarterback for the Wolverines. Harbaugh talked about the decision today, quote, no person That's biblical. No person knows what the future holds. It's a process, and it's going to be based on performance. But we're not going to withhold any good thing. Both have been tremendous quarterbacks. We think that both are capable of leading our team to a championship. Some people have asked, how did you come to that decision? Was it based on some kind of NFL model? No, it's really based biblical. Solomon, he was known to be a pretty wise person, end quote. Harbaugh said both quarterbacks are playing their best since they arrived in Ann Arbor. Quote, Cade is arguably one of the most improved players on the team. J.J. did not have spring practice, but he has ascended to where he's at based on his performance. That's really, really good thing. There's no demotion for Cade McNamara. It's a promotion for J.J. based on what He's been able to do as well, end quotes. That's not something you hear every day. A football coach basing his decision biblically. 
That's the route Michigan is going with their quarterbacks. Of course, their non-conference schedule, not exactly that difficult. Colorado State and Hawaii back-to-back. Hawaii had their season opener at home late Saturday night against Clark Lee, the old Irish defensive coordinator and the Vanderbilt Commodores, and Vanderbilt fell behind 7-0, no worries. Final score, Commodores 63, Hawaii 10. I think it's pretty safe to say going with J.J. McCarthy probably is not going to change the outcome of that football game in about a week and a half at the Big House in Ann Arbor. So that's the status of the Michigan quarterback situation. At least they're telling the world who the starters are. We all know that some coaches feel like that giving that information is going to hurt their football team, that the other team is going to be hurt if they don't know who the starting quarterback is. Shall I give you an example of that? If you ask, you shall receive. Let's use this team as an example today. LSU and their head coach, Brian Kelly, he knows who his starting quarterback is going to be down in New Orleans Sunday against the Florida State Seminoles, but you know what? It's none of our business who the starting quarterback is going to be. Kelly today said, quote, everybody here wants to know who the quarterback is. I get that, but I think it's a tactical advantage for us not to announce it, end quote. Kelly went on to say that Florida State, having played on Saturday, was an advantage for them. Quote, the advantage for us is that we haven't played, so it doesn't help us to give up any of our cards in that sense. Arizona State transfer Jaden Daniels, sophomore Garrett Neusmeyer. One of those two will be the starting quarterback for LSU, but I'm sure Florida State's defensive coordinators, their day was ruined when they found out BK was not going to announce who his starting quarterback is. So you can already see the narrative building. Oh, Florida State played already. That's an advantage. So I got to withhold all this information. So Florida State is at more of a disadvantage. You don't think they know everything they need to know about these two quarterbacks? Everybody analyzes everything during the offseason. That's why you have analysts to break down a lot of data, a lot of video. I'm just not into the tactical advantage. I really can't say it's going to be that much. Now, sure. You have to prepare for two quarterbacks as a defensive coordinator, but they've been planning for a long time, so I just think it's kind of silly, and I think it's just a built-in excuse just in case LSU loses to Florida State. The Tigers are a three-point favorite, but I think there's something brewing down there in Tallahassee right now, and maybe the Seminoles have enough to take down LSU. They almost got Notre Dame last year. In Tallahassee in the opening game, this time around at the old Superdome in New Orleans, it'll be LSU and Florida State on Sunday night. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch for many reasons. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Our My Five question of the day today, my best guess, who will claim Notre Dame's game balls after Saturday's game at Ohio State? Now, on the program, on a Monday following a Notre Dame game, the My Five is who deserves the Notre Dame game balls, and we always hand out five. 
So I'm going to give you my best guess of the five game balls I might be awarding on Monday's program. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Now, like I said earlier in the program, I believe Ohio State is going to win this football game. So the game balls are based on that fact and trying to figure out who might do what to get to that end result. So number five, I'm going to give it to Jaden Thomas, the Irish sophomore wide receiver. It feels like in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame may have to put the football up a little bit, trying to keep up with Ohio State or catch up for that matter. And with the way Thomas has progressed during fall camp, I think he'd love to establish him early on. And let's face it, with Michael Mayer getting a lot of attention from Ohio State, the receivers are going to have some great opportunities. And I believe Jaden Thomas in this ball game will have some good success in this ball game catching the football as he is scheduled to make his first career start. Four. I'll go back to the receiver position. Lorenzo Styles Jr., the Notre Dame sophomore wide receiver. I think he'll go over 100 receiving yards in his first game of the year. His last game of last year, 136 receiving yards and a score against the same 4-2-5 defense that Ohio State will play Saturday. Fiesta Bowl, it was Oklahoma State. So with the Irish, in my opinion, in the fourth quarter playing from behind, putting that football up in the air, Styles will put up a really good stat line against Ohio State. Okay, okay. Uh, number three. I'm going to project a game ball for defensive tackle Jason Adebiola. I think the Irish interior defensive lineman is going to benefit this year from the extra attention given by opposing offensive coordinators to the Viper, Isaiah Foskey. If at times you're going to double-team Foskey, everybody else has a great opportunity to win a one-on-one matchup. And I think Adebiola is going to take his game to another level this year. Last year... Really good. Eight and a half tackles for loss. You love getting sacks from the interior defensive line. And Jason Adamiola had three and a half last year. Wouldn't be shocked if he has some quarterback curries and maybe a sack in this game against Ohio State. Number two. My best guess who gets game balls after the Notre Dame-Ohio State game on Saturday. Number two on my list is Fighting Irish tight end. Michael Mayer. He is the best offensive weapon on this Notre Dame football team. Many would argue he's the best football player on this year's team, regardless of position. When you play in a big game, you need your best players to play their best, if not beyond. And I think we all know that Michael Mayer is going to have the attention of the Ohio State defense. He will be double teamed throughout this ball game. Heck, there might be an, even an extra hat nearby. Can he get open against double teams? You know what? I still think he can have some opportunities. But here's the thing. Michael Mayer being on the field and getting all that attention, just like with Foskey, opens the door for other skill players to have those one-on-one matchups and win some battles and make some plays for this fighting Irish offense. So Michael Mayer gets a game ball, I think, on Saturday for his production and also 
setting up the rest of his skill position teammates. Number one. And the guy I believe that more than any other will, will get a game ball from Saturday's game against Ohio State. I'm going to go with running back Audric Estime. Now, Chris Tyree is listed as the starter for the Fighting Irish in the depth chart released by Notre Dame today. There is an or with Logan Diggs and Audric Estime. I guess by seniority, Tyree won, Diggs two, Estime three. Diggs and Estime in the same class, but Diggs played more last year. Estime had just seven carries. I think his progression that he has made, not only in the spring but in fall camp, has vaulted himself into a very important role in this Irish offense. I just love the big guy's power, and then he shocks the heck out of you with the nimble feet. The Irish need to control the football against Ohio State. Controlling the football shortens the game, kind of like Navy tries to do against the Irish. Shortening the football game limits the opportunities for Ohio State's offense that averaged 45 points per game last year, led by C.J. Stroud at quarterback, who had 44 touchdown passes. A starting running back in Henderson with over 1,300 rushing yards. So the ability of the Irish to run the football really sets the table. And I think Estime is a guy that will get a lot of attention in this game. I think he will get the football a good amount. Not going to project he has the most carries. But I also think Estime could have the most carries because Tyree's going to be probably doing other things. Lining up as a receiver at times. He's kind of that secret weapon you can move into different roles on this team. You could have Tyree and Estime lining up in the backfield together. Tyree goes in motion, lines up as a receiver, and maybe that's how Estime outcarries Tyree and Diggs in this particular game. You know, Diggs is back. Red jersey is gone, coming off the torn labrum. I guess my gut tells me, He may not get the full load he will have later in the year in this game. Heck, he might, but I'm just thinking you're going to be a little more cautious. So with that and Tyree maybe lining up as a receiver from time to time, Estime gets the most carries and has a really good effort at the running back position, trying to keep the pace of the game the way Notre Dame wants it. So I'm going to go Audric Estime as my number one choice for a game ball next Monday after the Ohio State game. That's the My 5 question of the day. My best guess, five players that get a game ball from Saturday. Wide receiver Jaden Thomas, wide receiver Lorenzo Stiles Jr., defensive tackle Jason Edemiola, tight end Michael Mayer, and running back Audric Estime. We'll see how it plays out. Marcus Freeman talks Tyler Buckner next, 627. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leading off on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. West League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run. Eloy Jimenez.
Jimenez, who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios, goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. 634 at WSBT, and we would like to thank all of our John's Auto Spa double bingo players. We had a ton of fun this summer, and congratulations to Jose from Mishawaka. On his $1,700 jackpot, Erica from Osceola won $2,100. And our most recent winner, Darren from Buchanan, $1,400 jackpot. We'll be taking a break from Double Bingo, but stay tuned as we will have another Michiana Bingo game coming this fall. Michiana's virtual Double Bingo game was also brought to you by these participating co-sponsors, ADEC, Modern Kitchen, and Patty Shack Ice Cream. Looks like we've got some sunshine once again back in downtown South Bend after a little rain this afternoon. 75 degrees is our current temperature. Well, Marcus Freeman, the head coach of the Fighting Irish, met the media today as he kicked off a Notre Dame football game week. Saturday, the Irish will play at number two Ohio State, 730 kickoff right here on WSBT Radio after the game. The official Notre Dame football postgame show, Jim Arizari and Reggie Brooks will break it all down for you right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Notre Dame's quarterback competition wrapped up August 15th with Marcus Freeman announcing to the world that Tyler Buckner beat out Drew Pine to be QB1 in South Bend. More than likely, you're going to need both of those quarterbacks at some point or various points of the football season, but at least starting out against Ohio State, Buckner QB1 backed up by the junior Pine. So since being named the starter two weeks ago, what has stood out for Marcus Freeman watching Tyler Buckner be his guy running the Fighting Irish offense? Yeah, He's done a really good job since we named him starter of just, again, continue to be consistent. That's what we're looking for out of him is that consistency. And I think there's a little bit of of that confidence in the offense in terms of knowing who's the starting quarterback. That's why we named the starting quarterback when we felt like it was right. The earlier we can name it, the earlier you can build that confidence, that consistency amongst that offensive unit. And so he's done a really good job these past couple weeks of making good decisions, taking care of the football, um, and making plays. You know, he's done a good job of making plays. He's been in a red jersey, so he hasn't been hit yet. Um, but, again, it's, it's, it's been good to see his growth. He's just continuing. I look from last year to spring ball to now, and, again, his growth as a quarterback, as a leader, as a decision maker uh, has been really good to see. You know, when you think about the last time that this team really, truly relied on Tyler Buckner to be their guy in a game was when he took over for Jack Cohn and he was the guy at Virginia Tech. And, you know, he did not take care of the football, multiple interceptions, one taken back for a score. Jack Cohn eventually came back in the ball game and rallied the Irish from a spot it looked like they were in trouble to win the football game. So now Tyler Buckner is the guy that this football team looks to to take care of the football. And, hey, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. When you go to Ohio State, if you have multiple turnovers, I think we all know what the outcome of the football game is likely going to be. Tyler Buckner is going to be a difference maker running the football, but can he be a difference maker throwing the football from the pocket? What happens if the Irish fall behind by 14 in the third quarter? 
Is he ready to put the team on his shoulders? And I'm not saying throw it every single time, but in the second half of a game at Ohio State, down by double digits, if that happens, can Tyler Buckner bring this football team back with his arm? We know what he can do with his legs, but what about his arm? We'll find out more answers coming up on Saturday. So an interesting question was asked of Coach Freeman. Let's take you back for a moment to the Fiesta Bowl. Marcus Freeman's first game as head coach of the Fighting Irish, Tommy Reese still calling the plays on offense for Notre Dame. It was a game in which the first half, the Notre Dame offense dominated Oklahoma State. They were going up and down the field. Second half, the tide began to turn. Notre Dame struggled offensively. And in that ball game, knowing that probably Tyler Buckner is the future of this program, Tyler Buckner did not take a snap in what can be considered an exhibition game, the bowl game. You want to go out a winner. You want your team to win every game they play. You want players playing their last game to win their last game. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, it's an exhibition game compared to every other game you play during the season. If you're not in the playoff, the bowl games are kind of an exhibition. You want to win. It's a great trip. But at the end of the day, it's great to win. Don't want to lose. But it's not going to change the complexion of the start of the following season. So the Irish elected not to play Buckner in that game. And Coach Freeman was asked about that decision today and a chance for Buckner to face that 4-2-5 defense that Oklahoma State played that day, put together by Jim Knowles, who is now the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. It was just in the game plan. That's what we, we felt like Jack Cohn, it's, it's months ago. I can't yeah, remember yeah. exactly everything about it. but Okay, we'll stop right there because we have the audio of Marcus Freeman explaining his decision in the postgame of not playing Tyler Buckner against Oklahoma State. Yeah, he was definitely an option. Um, you look at the way our offense was moving the ball first half. I don't think Coach Reese wanted to to make that change, and he wanted to keep that thing going. And, and you know, as you get to the second half, you know, they, they did a good job of getting some three and outs. But, you know, obviously not until the fourth quarter did the lead change in, in terms of who was who was in the lead. And so I think at that point, you know, you're just going to ride with, with Jack. And, and, you know, Jack played well, man. You know, he played really well. Um, Obviously, there's a couple plays we wish we can take back, but we can't. And so I'm proud as heck of Jack. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this QB competition as we move forward. Yeah, that was interesting. Back after the Fiesta Bowl, Marcus mentioned that Tommy Reese didn't want to make the change. He stuck with Jack Cohen. And I'm not here to argue that the offense was rolling. Why would you make a change? Again, if you want to argue at the end of the day, the game, eh, make sure you get Buckner in there. I can totally go with that. But also you got seniors, players without eligibility after that game, wanting to win. And Notre Dame, I think they want to win these big games because a lot of them have slipped through their fingertips through the years. And it's always a criticism you hear. And Jack Cohn was doing a really good job. And when things started to change in the ball game, Notre Dame needed to throw the football and Cohn was your best option. So I'm sure not arguing the option. I guess if I'm making a decision, I figure out a way to get Buckner into the football game considering what his role likely was going to be the next year. But I also understand how circumstances of the game probably affected the Irish's decision. So that's how Freeman handled it last year. Now let's just go ahead and 
rewind and go back to Coach Freeman talking about today the decision not to go with Buckner against Oklahoma State. It was just in the game plan. That's we we felt like Jack Cohn. It's, it's months ago. I can't yeah, remember yeah. exactly everything about it, but we had a game plan going in and and was going to ride Jack Cohn as long as we we needed to. And we had ability. We had a chance with probably two or three minutes left in the game to to go score a touchdown and win. And so I wouldn't change that at all. You know, you can't you can't play a bowl game and say, okay, let's get Tyler Buckner some reps to get ready for the first game of next year. No, we, we got to do what we felt like was best for the bowl game. And it turned out the way we wanted to, Mike. But, um, again, Tyler Buckner got plenty of, of work last year um, in terms of helping him prepare for this year. Um, you know, it, the good thing about it is we did get a chance to look at what a Jim Knowles defense would be like. But, again, do I expect it to be the exact same? No, because, to me, any – my opinion, any coordinator, you know what? It's still based around the talent you have, right? It's it's based around your personnel. You're not going to come in here and drop a book and say, "This is our defense. This is our offense. You guys fit it." No, I I, I think that's not prop. for me. That's not the way to do it. It's okay. Let me evaluate our talent. Let me evaluate our personnel and how can we tailor our scheme to fit the guys we have. And so, we're not 100% what we'll get at Ohio State's defense. I think we have an idea just looking at Oklahoma State, and then we got to study their personnel. And then we've got to be able to adapt and adjust to what we see in the game. All right, so there you go. Marcus Freeman today, a little insight on the progress of his starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner. And just going back to the Fiesta Bowl, Jim Knowles' 4-2-5 defense ran by Oklahoma State. Now, Knowles left before that game. He did not call the defense against Notre Dame, but he brought that defense to Columbus. So you're expecting to see that 4-2-5 defense on display by the Ohio State Buckeyes with Knowles in charge of the defense. Sounds like the defensive line has come a long way, that they might be a game changer. That'll be a good matchup in the football game. The Ohio State defensive line against the Irish offensive line. The question is, will Jared Patterson play in the game? Listed by Marcus Freeman today as questionable as the All-American deals with a right foot sprain. 16 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of Notre Dame, Ohio State, Saturday at 7.30, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're also streaming live at WSBTradio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and on Twitch. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. 649 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're live on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. My name is Darren Pritchett. We wind down the program tonight with a little sports wagering conversation. We go back to Friday's program where I gave you four choices, and this is how things looked from last Friday. Cubs and Brewers were playing up in Milwaukee. Under seven and a half runs was my choice, with Justin Steele taking on Freddie Peralta. That turned out to be a good choice. The Cubbies picked up a 4-3 win over Milwaukee on Friday. Choice number two, Red Sox and Rays from Fenway Park. I went with the Red Sox on the money line against the Rays at minus 120. It was a wild one, but the Red Sox pulled off the 9-8 victory over Tampa to get us off to a 2-0 start last Friday. 
Choice number three did not go as well. Went with the rookie, Cade Cavalli, starting pitcher for the Nationals, former first-round pick, making his major league debut against a Reds offense that can be offensive. But Cavalli got knocked out by Cincinnati, scoring seven times in four-plus innings. I took the Nationals on the money line. Didn't work out. Reds beat the Nats last Friday, 7-3. And my final suggestion from Friday's program, our first college football pick of the year, the Fighting Illini of Illinois taking on the Wyoming Cowboys in Shambana. Wyoming on social media went asking for quarterbacks and cornerbacks. They lost some people in the transfer portal, couldn't replace them, so they basically put out a one-ed on social media. Now, I'm from Illinois, and having lived through Illinois football, a lot of downtimes more than good times, that still makes you nervous. This looks like an easy game. But I was like, you know what? There's no way they lose this game. They're going to win this handily. I took Illinois minus the 13 against Wyoming at minus 110. And the Illini pulled out a 38-6 win over Wyoming. And now they head to Indiana to take on the Hoosiers Friday night. So a 3-1 Friday. We had a 13-7 week last week. That'll work. And for the month of August, we are 30 and 21. And now for the season, 26 games over 500, 118, 92, and 1. So not bad. So let's put it all on the line tonight. Let's see if we can get the job done with our Monday suggestions. Up first, Blue Jays and Cubbies north of the border up in Toronto. Javier Assad making his second major league start for the Cubs. He had four shutout innings against St. Louis last week. He'll take on the highly inconsistent Blue Jays right-hander, Jose Barrios. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. Their offense quiet yesterday. Look out today. They might make up for it. I've got Blue Jays minus one and a half runs against the Cubs at minus 115. From the same game, over under total runs in the game is set at nine. Nine times. That's right. I'm going to go Cubs and Blue Jays over nine runs at minus 115. Barrio Sierra over five. I think the Blue Jays will get to Javier. So I'm going to go over nine runs in Toronto tonight. Suggestion number three from the West Coast, the Giants and the Padres playing in San Francisco. Giants just swept in the Twin Cities by Minnesota to the despair of White Sox fans. Carlos Rodon pitching for the Giants. Mike Clevenger for the Padres. Good pitching matchup. I'm going for a bounce-back performance by San Francisco. Giants on the money line behind Rodon over the Padres at minus 125. And the fourth and final suggestion, Dodgers-Marlins under seven runs. Pablo Lopez on the mound for the Marlins. It was going to be Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers. He went on the injured list. But I've already made the pick. Probably would go a different direction with Gonsolin not pitching, but we'll go under seven runs at minus 105. We hit the underdog pick on Friday. I took the Cubs outright at the Brewers at plus 125, and the Cubbies won by a score of 4-3. to three. So we're 26-24 and 24 in our underdog pick. It's got to be a plus number. And tonight, Twins minus one and a half runs against the Red Sox. Big number at plus 
155. Those are the suggestions for Are We Going to Sizzler sports wagering segment for tonight. Budweiser's weekday sports beat brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you by Tim Grau State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. Pet Refuge is ABC Clinics. Spaying or neutering your pet is as easy as ABC. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is the story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org and by the Mishawaka Education Foundation granting a better future. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 5 on WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.